It's DTS 199, and we have the Warmind reveal stream. We're going to recap what we learned there, the highlights, and talk about some other things. All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny the Show. What is good, everybody, and welcome to the DTS Podcast. My name is BBK Dragoon. I'm joined, as always, by my great co-host, Diddy. What is up, my man? How is your week? How is the Resi playthrough going? It's going great. Uh, we are in the middle of the allergy season, so today's sn- show might have some sniffles, but we are getting there. And the Resident Evil playthrough is actually really frustrating this week because we were playing through... I mentioned last week they had couple different campaigns you can play through right so yeah the first one we played through was leon's campaign and now we're playing through chris's campaign and i have to say a few of the final sequences of this campaign is the most frustrating thing on a mouse and keyboard i've ever experienced in my life because (laughs) i'm not gonna do any spoilers but there's a few phases to the final boss and Two of the three phases that I know of uh, are fixed camera running away from him, and it's timed. So Mm -hmm. if you lag behind, if you're too slow, the boss instantly kills you, and you have to restart. (laughs) So because, so just to set the scene, we're in a tube, like a, like a, a column, a pillar, and we have to run along the side, uh, up the cylinder, and the Mm -hmm. boss is in the middle, right? Yep. Yep. So think of... I'm staring at the boss the whole time, but the camera is ever moving and it's fixed and I can't move it with the mouse. So I have to like, and there's, there's obstacles I have to go up, over and under and yeah. it's different combos. And so I have to constantly change the WASD key plus the action key is X for me. And it's just absolutely awful. I have to claw the keyboard and it's the worst <laughs> thing of my life. We didn't even finish it last tunnel. night. We didn't even finish it last night because... I got so frustrated because I'm trying to slide under this pipe and I can't. I'm like, just go. Ah!" And I die every single time. It's just so frustrating. You just got to plug your Xbox One controller in, man. So I did that, uh, but I found out, discovered four of my five USB ports don't work on my motherboard. So I have to uh, troubleshoot that. Oh, my. So I was just like, I can't can't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, by the way, listeners, we're picking up on Resident Evil 6 talk. Diddy's been co-oping it with his fiance the last few weeks. Last week, there was definitely more positivity with it. It sounds like yes. the frustrations <laughs> are coming out, but it's mainly the mouse and keyboard stuff, right? Not the yeah, game itself. Yeah, it's, it's just the mechanics. The story and the gameplay is super fun, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I did find out the her favorite Resident Evil it was a long-winded explanation, <laughs> but basically the top three of her favorite Resident Evils uh, are Resident Evil 1 Remake for the GameCube, Resident Evil 2, and then Resident Evil 7 are her top three. So there you go. Ah, well, there you go. Thank you. Good to know. I don't play scary games, so I'm a total <laughs> whip. <laughs> Resident Evil 6, uh, it's not really a scary game. It's just like a monster action shooter. Action thriller. Yeah. 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 The later That's Resident right. Evils are, at least except for 7. Yeah. yeah, seven looked horrifying when I watched my buddy stream yes. it. <laughs> this last week, I ended up playing a little bit of Elder Scrolls Online, the summer set uh, public test server. 
I finally got into that, which I was excited to test around. It's really cool, and I want to talk about that later in today's show, but we've got Warmind to talk about this last week. They had the Warmind reveal stream. We're going to hit the high points, the main features, what stood out to us, what didn't. Um, I'll just preface it, Diddy, like right off the start. Not surprisingly, I was underwhelmed. I didn't come into this with high expectations, but uh, some of the artwork... It looks cool. I think you can always give Destiny a solid thumbs up for the artwork. Their team just makes beautiful creations. And hey, there is a new raid layer coming, so I, I can be thankful about that. But why don't we dive into it and get into the specifics? News. All right, Diddy, our journey continues on Hellas Basin in Mars. We actually got to see what the map looks like, and you were totally right. There are snowy thrall. <laughs> Snow thrall. All Snow right. thrall. That's right. They're, they're awesome. You know, they're mm -hmm. snowy. Anna Bray is being called Anna Bay because everybody's super Anna stoked Bay. about her as a character. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the new ritual activity escalation protocol, Diddy went in a completely different direction than what I had expected. So it was sort of this wave-based survival mode, but it's more like Archon's Forge. It's not a standalone, like, mode that you can select it's literally out in the public space you're going to run into others just like you would with archon's forge and then you're going to fight your way through escalating waves of hive in this all new activity they do have five weeks worth of bosses for it and unique gear for it but after those initial five weeks i'm asking myself diddy and i'm punching punching myself in the gut wondering why bungie did not make this a standalone game mode that you could match make into that I mean, they have all the ingredients here for a horde mode. Why do you think they went with it in this more public event route? So my take is it, technically that you can pseudo matchmake it because it's a public space, but it's not forced matchmaking, which is what frustrates us here. And what I think happened is they looked at Prison of Elders from House of Wolves and they looked at Court of Works and Archon's Forge and they kind of tried to make it a hybrid Mm -hmm. And they they heard the feedback from Prison of Elders not being as exciting as it was initially marketed as. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to take that idea and then just put it into the Archon's Forge, that public space that you can start it and activate it and do it that way. So it's kind of a, a remake or an update to Prison of Elders. Does that make sense? And that's that's what I think their reasoning was. And... It of, I, I agree. It just did not impress, in my yeah. opinion. It looks fun from what I've heard from the impression videos. In order to complete it, it is a 15 to 20 minute kind of a deal, which that's cool. That's longer than any other public event that you're going to go after. But, after, you know, we've seen this before. After five weeks, it's going to be dead. Like, there's no real reason to continue with it. My ideal version and what we talked about last week, like, have an endless version, have a finite version have rewards that go across all of the summer, and then have, obviously, leaderboards associated with both versions of those modes and rewards associated with, you know, leaderboard tiers. But instead, this this route makes me think that Warmind was maybe completed, the production for Warmind was completed last October or November, and that the whole crew already shifted to Taken Queen or Destiny 3 because it just... I don't get the vibe of we're listening to you when you have this kind of a game mode where for years and years and years we've asked for a proper horde and we're still left waiting for a proper horde mode in Destiny. So I'm yeah, confused. And I, think, I think the game mode and 
the environment was probably already built around that time, around the yeah. launch, Curse of Osiris. And they heard the feedback, and the only thing that they could realistically update by DLC 2 this May was the gear. So maybe the gear this time around in this update is better than it was when it initially came to fruition in testing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully the gear is really worth grinding for. Um, but to that point, when it's only five weeks, that puts us dead set in the middle of summer. And we know a summer update's coming. So potential there for <laughs> Escalation Protocol update, maybe? Maybe so. Yeah, by that time, just E3. Get here already, E3. I'm <laughs> feeling the spring blues right now in gaming, other than God of War, which is freaking awesome. Um, the raid layer has been confirmed. It's called Spire of Stars. And that's all that we know about. And it was only indicated. They didn't talk about it at all in the stream. It was just indicated from, like, the press junkets that they sent out. Uh, new themed weapons, armor, and gear, of course, like all, you know, Destiny expansions or DLCs. Two new strikes that we're going to get to uh, embark on. And I have the names of them here. Strange Terrain, descend deep into the tunnels under Hellas Basin and take the fight to Herald of Zol. Stop this Hive Prince before he can funnel more power to the Worm God. And then the other one is Will of the Thousands. Rasputin's neural network is under attack. Take the Valkyrie and use it to defeat a monstrous foe. And uh, what's that famed hive Necro or Necra or something? I can't remember his name. I'm not a lore guy, but the lore guys are worried that he's... Nocris, yeah. They're worried that his entire story arc is going to be a singular strike instead of an actual, (laughs) like, fallen expansion. I'm telling you, if you're worried about it, it's probably going to come to fruition with Bungie at this point. I would not put it past them at all to be like, Rasputin is wrapped up in two hours of story. That's it. Done. Moving on. Right? Yeah, that's that's the worst thing about these DLCs and the Destiny launches. It's that they introduce this really cool character or a character that we've known from the lore, and it's wrapped up in that expansion. I We need persistent lore characters, please. Yeah, that <laughs> don't reason, get resolved in a single expansion. Yeah, the reason Oryx worked really well even though we wanted more was because he was the main bad guy for the story and then you go into the raid and finally defeat him like yes it wasn't wrapped up in the story but it was wrapped up in the expansion still but still it was like yeah that's better so we just need more persistent bad guys like i hope rasputin like whatever we're doing with rasputin in this campaign i hope we lose and Rasputin becomes super evil, and just he's the bad guy from Destiny for now on. Like, we still need dream. a villain. We keep jumping from villain to villain to villain. Yes, and there's no really overarching story that has been communicated to the non grimoire reading player about what besides, you do in Destiny. Besides the darkness, and which we, is totally we haven't seen yeah. the darkness yet. <laughs> half-hearted, half-effort. Like, when's it? We're five years. We're coming into like Taken Queen will be the f- year five of Destiny. And we still don't really have, for casual players, I'm not talking about the lore enthusiasts who will watch the videos, we still don't have a clear-cut storyline <laughs> that's happened other than Gaul came, blew stuff up, and left. And then, obviously, like if you <laughs> look back came. at Destiny 1. That's, that's the best summary of Destiny 2's campaign. I love that. Gaul came, blew stuff up, then left. Yeah, or we, 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 we got him. We got him. We beat him up. Um, <laughs> the Valkyrie is a new relic weapon. It's like the axe, but except this time it's the blade dancer pole, um, and it's you fire. You can throw it. You can throw it. It's Looks kind one. of cool. Uh, new story missions and adventures. They actually, to their credit, Diddy didn't show off any story content pretty That's much nice. from 
you know, we had a cinematic reveal trailer, which was almost the exact cinematic from Curse of Osiris, it seemed like, <laughs> except this time with Anna Bray. I expect pretty much the exact same copy pasta format as the Curse of Osiris story. It's going to take probably, I bet, three hours to get through it all. I hope not, um, but I, I don't see any evidence to suggest that it would take feedback from Curse of Osiris and make changes to the campaign. So we'll just wait and see, right? Yep, agreed. Access to multiplayer arenas in private matches. So yeah, private matches we get on May 8th. One of the cool things they're doing this time around, Diddy, is DLC maps are going free for everybody in terms of PvP. Now, I think you still need to own the maps in order to access them for private matches. Like, you need to own the expansion associated with it, but for matchmaking stuff, cool. Fantastic, fantastic decision, and I like it. More and more modern shooters are moving this direction. It's something that Halo figured out a long time ago, and I love it. Stop selling map packs for multiplayer games that split the population. Find different ways to, you know, give benefits to players through added content later or whatever. Yeah, and that's kind of a buff to PvP matchmaking as well because you don't yeah. have the playlists separated, so you don't have less of a population. You don't split the population into two separate playlists, so you'll be able to find more full matches more frequently. So that's I like that. That's nice. Totally. And that brings us to pretty much the backbone, I would say, of the stream. The majority of the stream was Wisenewski talking about the exotic weapon buff changes, watching these guys play PvP with some of the new exotic changes that are going to be going live with May 8th. And then also the ranked uh, stuff going on with Crucible. So with Crucible ranking, there's two new elements of this. There's Valor and there's Glory. So on the Valor side, the points top out at 2,000. You can reset your rank kind of like a prestige and certain rewards are going to require you to reset that rank multiple times, so it will require you to prestige. If you go on a win streak, uh, you'll get a bonus that increases up to five wins. You increase the valor by playing in quick play, rumble, and mayhem. And this is, it doesn't matter. Your win loss does not matter on the valor side of things. I, I, I think your valor goes up a little bit faster if you win, but it's just something that accumulates as you continue playing. Love that concept. I think that's fantastic, and I'm glad they're adding it to the game. And then glory is the ranked side of this the spectrum here. The point cap is 5,500. Uh, you go up with winning and win streaks, but you go down with losses and loss streaks. Bonus points are granted in the first four levels for playing three matches. Rank decay begins in the final two levels that can be staved off by playing three matches. Uh, at fabled level, and I'll go through the ranks here in a second, there will be a unique reward that I'll talk about here in just a moment. The glory uh, rank is only found in the competitive playlist. Iron Banner and Trials are not going to be included within that. Uh, Iron Banner and Trials may have their own ranking systems when this thing goes live. Uh, but yeah, that's all coming to the game, Diddy. What do you think about this? So, I like this. I A while back, I did a Halo video on YouTube about an ideal ranking system. And it had a very similar split. You have the global uh, or general ranking, which in this case is the Valor. It's uncapped. You get to prestige. Doesn't matter if you win or lose. You keep accumulating that. Kind of like an Overwatch. You have you know, the, the stars or the, the different colored borders, that bronze border with the one, two, three, four, five stars. Then you go to silver, then gold, and then platinum. That, I really like that because it shows a player how long you've been playing the game or how much you've played the game doesn't tell your skill kind of like halo reach it just continually goes up yep glory 
I love it. I love that they have this skill rank distinction because even though my valor could be level, like I've prestiged 15 times or whatever, my glory rank could be one. Like, yeah, you love to play the game, but you don't really care about winning or losing. So, you know, I mean, you're just there to have a fun time. I like that because it gives people something to grind for if they're in that competitive PvP mindset. This, these types of systems are what keep me coming back to play competitive multiplayer. That's why I play Overwatch. That's why I play League of Legends. That's why I played Halo 3, the rank, because I just wanted to improve and get better and see that rank go up or down. I didn't want to see it go down, but, you know, that's inevitable. It's going to happen, and I like that. I like that they're finally adding ranks into PvP for Destiny. It creates a real great sense of sense of incentive. And in fact, didn't you just um, reach new rank this last week in Overwatch? I did. Right before season nine ended, I finally hit platinum. I think I ended with nice. 2512 SR and 2500 is the minimum for platinum. So I finally hit platinum. Season 10 for Overwatch competitive starts this week, by the way. So that's going to be really exciting. Probably going to main Roadhog this time around because... I got the Roadhog Gold Gun. I decided on that because I just like to hook people, and it's a lot of fun. Congrats, and I have to heal dude. myself, or I get to heal myself, so I don't have to rely on my healers. So, yay solo queue. Let's go. You got you got that self-sustain going. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the glory ranks, you have Guardian, Brave, Heroic, Fabled, Mythic, and Legend. At the Fabled rank, you get the Red Ricks Claymore for Season 3. That's the Season 3 uh, competitive gun. It's a slow rate of fire pulse until the Desperado perk procs and then the fire rate doubles and it's a very fast firing gun. Now normally when you have perks like that and the fire rate increases, the damage drops, it doesn't. Red Ricks maintains that same damage level as the slower pulse only with like and this could be uh, one of the strongest weapons like in game. It's one of the strongest weapons from what it appears like so far. It's a cool reward and I love that they're doing this. Um, I saw a mixed backlash online of, hey, I don't have the time or effort to be able to get this kind of a gun. <laughs> well, at the same time, too, dude, we've been asking for this exact type of reward for a long time. And to put in perspective, Fabled is the top 40% of players. I think almost anybody listening to this show right now is capable of hitting top 40% to get this gun throughout the course of a season. Just by listening to a podcast like this, you are already ahead of the general population, like ahead of a lot of these folks. You're already more interested and you know more and you're seeking education about the game that most of the casual player base will likely not be engaging with. My biggest concern with all of this, Diddy, is currently search times in competitive are really bad, um, it, especially on PC. It's a barren wasteland. And so I'm very nervous to have further segmentation of those. I love these ranks. I do. I just, I worry that it's too late at this point with the population where it's at for PC. For console, this is probably fantastic because I know like numbers on PS4 and Xbox One are quite a bit higher than the PC. But I worry that I probably will not engage with these ranks unless search times are, are not a, a barrier. But if I'm waiting eight, nine, ten minutes to find a match, I'm going to go play another game. It's as simple as that. I just don't want to lose most of my game time to searching. Yeah. I mean, if you're on PC, you're going to go play CSGO or Overwatch if you want a competitive shooter. Yeah, but, you actually are hooking me. You make me want to play Overwatch for the first time in like six months, dude. 
community is still toxic as ever. You just gotta, <laughs> you just gotta ignore everything and just play your best. And yeah. if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. Because, but just sidebar, a few of the best games I had were this last week. No one talked on the microphone. My team was just super in sync, no communication whatsoever, and it was just flawless. We just steamrolled the other team. And I'm like, why can't every game be like this? Because when people talk and open their mouths, it's it's just opens a can of worms. Anyways, this type of reward, the Redricks Claymore, yes, this is the perfect type of reward to reward the players who invest the time to grind for that rank, that that fabled rank. Like you said, top 40%. I, I agree. I think that's attainable by everyone listening to this podcast. I think that's attainable by everyone. If you have a few friends, just go in, destroy. I mean, that's this is the type of reward. Because the, the, the specific perk, it rewards precise gameplay as well. Because you have to trigger the outlaw perk, which is triggered off of a headshot kill. And then you have to... You know actually hit those shots after you get the reload it's it's this type of weapon is what destiny 2 needs and they need more of it yeah it'll align for great situations where like let's say you get the first kill on somebody that proc doesn't desperado doesn't stay up very long and so it's only going to work in those multi-kill scenarios where people are really tightly knit together so you'll probably see some really nice 1v3s or something like that in highlight videos um, at the legend rank, by the way, if you reach legend, which will be a real challenge, that will be some of the best players in the game. You get an ornament for the red bricks claymore. So this, that is a great example of listening and responding to feedback. I'm excited about it. I think that's probably one of the best edges or angles or whatever for this expansion. The rest of it, I'll just, I'm going in with expectations set at a Curse of Osiris level. Um, I'm looking <laughs> forward to have some new gear. Actually, I'm looking forward to being able to play destiny again for a few weeks and and hopefully being interested in and engaged with it i will say from the reveal stream it feels really like the exotic tuning patch was probably their biggest pr point which doesn't really feel like it's tied to the expansion i think there's a disconnect where yes i'm totally excited about some of these exotic changes but i almost want to separate that from the expansion if they feel like they shouldn't be tied together at the hip does that make sense they're two separate entities why are we hearing so much about it when we're trying to learn about the dlc and i think you already know it's the suspicion that the dlc is going to be fairly uh small yeah i think this is the way i'm looking at it right now yeah i'm not going in with high expectations for warmind uh, i think you're right let's expect curse of osiris levels of grandeur which let's say that bar is pretty low to be honest but i think maybe i agree with you the the focus on the exotic reworks is troubling because it's like that's just like a quality of life change or a, a balance pass that yeah. should happen no matter what with destiny right we shouldn't have yeah. a, a paid dlc associated with that type of balance pass I totally agree. You that phrased being it. said, yeah. That being said, it's it's I don't know. It's either a catch twenty two or a double edged sword. I don't know which one it is, but it's it's like the exotic rework is based on our feedback from Destiny Two launch, right? Which is nice that they're adding it in, but it should have been on top of whatever DLC two brought with it, and it feels like it's replacing something. Yeah, maybe. 
DLC 2 had something else, but based on the feedback from uh, D2 Vanilla and DLC 1, they took it out to rework it for September, and they put in the exotic rework pass. It's... I, yeah. That doesn't... It, it makes it feel lackluster, but the exotic weapon pass needed to happen, and I just... I don't know. I just don't think it should be associated with the paid DLC because it's just a quality of life change. I think sentiment with D2 would be absolutely polar reversed if Bungie's agility was twice the speed that it currently is. Yes. Imagine if we are right now in January. We've had Curse of Osiris. We've had 114. We've had Warmind just now coming out. If all of this had happened in three months, basically we would be like all right they're moving at a decent pace but yes. right now it's incredibly discouraging because it's going to be may may <laughs> where we're getting this exotic weapon tuning pass it feels incredibly lackluster because the game came out in september we are nearing i know we're still away we've got the summer to go but we are nearing that year anniversary and looking at these time frames just going this this is not how modern games work, dude. This is I mean, not the speed that gamers expect. Yeah, around this time last year, we had Age of Triumph launching. That, yep. that oh, that's is a, weird. And compare that to now, yep. it just seems like such a huge step back. And I know that's a broken record at this point with Destiny 2, but like you, like you said, they're, they're moving pretty slow. Yeah. Well, let's transition over at the end of the show. I just want to mention I got into the Elder Scrolls Online Somerset beta. Somerset's the nice. new expansion coming out late May for PC, early June for Xbox One and PlayStation 4. I've now had more time, Diddy, with the game, and I'll keep playing the uh, the PTS. It is a nice hybrid of an Elder Scrolls game mixed with an MMO light experience. And so if there are any players in the Destiny scene who liked Destiny... I actually think there's enough overlap here where it's worth trying Elder Scrolls out. There's no subscription fee, which is a really refreshing thing for an MMO. And it might be a nice game to help players through the summer months if they're looking for another investment title. Maybe they've grinded their way through Warframe. Destiny's, you know, growing a bit stale for them. I highly recommend people check this thing out because it's been a pleasant surprise for me, to be honest with you. I'm still really new and learning. If there's any listeners who play ESO, uh, who would be willing to answer some questions from me, just hit me up on our Discord, discord.me slash show, because I am totally full of tons of questions about the game, but it's been it's been pretty rad so far. So let me do a follow-up question to our previous talks about this game, because last time we mentioned it on the show, you were very new to it, and yes. you just kind of wished it was World of Warcraft every single time you played it. Kind of like Ironsight, when we play Ironsight, we just wish it was Call of Duty all the time. Yeah, yeah. How does it compare now? Do you still feel like it should just be World of Warcraft, or is it, like you said, that nice hybrid that more people will enjoy? That is a great question, and it's really hard for me as a beginner to answer. Let me follow it with, I am still continually overwhelmed because I didn't come into the PTS with a robust knowledge of the game over the last two or three years. So it's almost like I'm having to learn all these systems on the fly. And when you're on the PTS, they give you a character that has a billion gold, all the items in the game, <laughs> all the stat points ever. And so imagine like a player who's put 200 hours into their character. All of a sudden you just log in and you've got a blank canvas of every point you could ever want to spend every weapon. Like it is, I'm still super overwhelmed and I know I'm doing things incorrectly. 
I think your question is, I, Elder Scrolls is striking a nice balance between being an Elder Scrolls game and being a somewhat MMO type game. I don't necessarily wish it is like WoW at this point. I think it is a unique title in this sphere. And that's the best way I can put it. I wouldn't want it to change. It does have a great little storyline, but you have to play it differently. You have to play it kind of like this is an Elder Scrolls game with other people online instead of where I came at it, where I'm like, okay, this is an MMO with a skin on top of it that's ESO. That's Elder Scrolls, basically. Did that make sense? It did, yeah. Yeah. Follow up cool. question. Yeah. Uh, do you think, since you're playing on the, uh, the PTS, that because you have all those resources available to you are you developing some bad habits that you uh wouldn't otherwise do if you're just playing the actual game and actually have to acquire those resources oh totally yeah <laughs> i'm i'm not even certain how committed i'll be when it comes out because i don't know what it's going to take to get back to this point i feel super mm -hmm. spoiled when you're on the pts where you're like oh i skipped all the quote-unquote boring stuff and now i got the goods <laughs> now i'm looking sweet i'm not necessarily looking forward to restarting that journey over again but at the same time since it's elder scrolls like the story quests are kind of cool so it's a good question but yeah i'm sure i've my builds are so stupid diddy like they're completely <laughs> i don't even know what i'm doing so i'm just putting points in anything and putting whatever abilities i want on my, my bars so i know the veterans are just that's why i need veterans to come answer some questions please <laughs> it's kind of like it just gives me the impression of a lot of uh warmind or uh, sorry warframe yeah, uh, YouTubers, whenever like a new frame or a new weapon comes out, they'll just they'll buy it outright and then go farm it all the way up to level 30 max rank and then yeah. and then do build guides on it because it's just yes. like, OK, all right, let's just let's just get this out of the way real quick. And they have those farming techniques down to like 15 minutes and it's max rank. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you get later in the, the nodes, there are some brutal spots. Nice. All right. Um, that's going to do it for TTS 199. Next week is week 200. Thanks, as always, listeners, for joining us, supporting the program. I really do appreciate it. Diddy, where can people find your content? Well, before that, I mean, totally planned episode 200 launching with Warmind. Totally planned. Oh, yeah. From day one, we're like, mm -hmm. okay. So That's so weird. That's next week? week? <laughs> Gosh, that doesn't feel real. Let's start the podcast so that episode 200 is with the uh, DLC 2 for Destiny 2. Yeah, total insider information. Anyways, oh, yeah. you can find me at youtube.com slash whooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S, -S, and twitter.com slash diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S. You can follow the program on Twitter at Destiny the Show or go to our website destinytheshow.com for all the links from today and more. You can follow me on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube at BBK Dragoon. And as always, join our Discord, discord.me slash destiny the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week and we'll talk with you next time. Mm -hmm.